Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. Iron sharpens iron comes from Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And we explore the faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. Those are our five Fs. And instead of having faith as one of the five, we challenge people to think about putting faith at the center and how that can inspire greatness in the other four areas. So today, I'm excited to bring to you Chad Wright. He is a retired Navy SEAL of 12 years, amazing story on how he got there. He's an ultra runner. He recently ran 38 hours, 122 miles, and over a 39,000 foot elevation gain. Mount Everest is 27,000. Unbelievable. So he talks about his mindset, how his faith and scripture inspired his win there. Uh, we talk about three of seven project, with his, which is his company, which stands for the body, soul, and spirit, and the seven for completion. And he's just one of those guys that I personally get inspired from. I'm part of a coaching group where he speaks, you know, weekly and uh, he speaks from scripture. He speaks from truth and he's just his mindset and the things he's doing are just um, very admirable. And he's one of those guys I personally love to learn from. So I'm excited to bring this conversation to you. And just uh, before we dive into that, just a quick little uh, housekeeping things. We have a few amazing things coming up. Number one, on October 22nd, 23rd, we have our first ever Iron Sharpens Iron Couples Retreat. It is going to be an absolutely amazing way. If you want to strengthen your marriage, you want to make sure that you and your spouse are one and growing together, growing close. We have assembled the best group of people in the business to speak and guide us on having an amazing marriage and i'm super excited for it if you want to learn more about it and find out all the details go to the isilife.com that's also where we host all the you know the past podcast free downloads free ebooks all kinds of stuff to help keep you keep you sharp in each of the five f's so without further ado i uh, hope you all enjoy this conversation with chad chad welcome to the podcast i am beyond excited to to chat with you today and uh, gain some of your wisdom for our listeners. So thank you for making the time. Nick, thanks for having me on, brother. Like I say, it's an honor, man, uh, to be a guest, to be asked to come on a guest uh, to any, to, to, to be interviewed. I mean, I remember the first podcast I ever went on in my life and just how uh, how big of a deal it was. And to me, it's still a big deal. Um, you know, I've done probably hundreds of interviews and, and every time it's just much of an honor to think that somebody would want to sit down with me and, and talk to me about kind of my life and my experience. So mm-hmm. thanks for the opportunity, brother. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's a little intimidating. I was doing my research. I see, you know, some big podcast and uh, ours is really, uh, the ISI Life's pretty, you know, pretty small podcast really just put on for, you know, our community of, of men and women who have been coming to our retreats. And uh, so I'm excited to, to dive in. And I was, you mentioned your first podcast. What was the first one? I think the first podcast I ever went on, well, I know the first podcast I ever went on was called Trail Runner Nation. And mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a small um, tra- kind of trail running centric podcast. And, uh, you know, it was, um, gosh, I don't even remember what year that would have been. That would have probably been about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually reached out to them and told and like was like, hey, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing some ultra running. I've got some things I'd like to share with your audience. I had been listening to their show. So I reached out to them basically begging for the opportunity to come on and, and share my story. <laughs> and they were the first ones to give me the opportunity. So it's That's funny awesome. how it all starts, man. There's there's no secret. Uh, I feel like all of our stories, um, at least those of us that are striving to become better in this life, uh, they're all pretty similar. So 
Well, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure that's not the case anymore. I'm sure you're getting, you know, more requests than, uh, than you can handle or, or want to handle. But I think what's cool is that you guys just you specifically. And when I say you guys, like your, your brother and the other people you train with and are, and, you know, put on all your things with just, you're just doing the right thing. You're just doing your thing, staying in your lane. And then, and people are seeing and people are wanting to know more of it. And it's just very authentic. And that's one of the things I appreciate the most about the way you guys go about what you do. Well, Nick, I appreciate that, man. And it's that's important to me, too, because it's kind of a foundational thing before I ever get up and, and speak to a group or, or teach someone. Uh, you know, I start off with, hey, guys, I want you to, to understand that the things that we're teaching and talking about here are not being taught uh, from theory. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that we talk about is is definitely learned either on the battlefield of life or or as a U.S. Navy SEAL. And um you know, I, I get to, and not not to talk bad about anybody, but, you know, I, I get to hang around a lot of these really, really big influencers. And if I named them, you guys would all know them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, on Instagram land and social media land. And, and, you know, I get to see how these people are in real life. And me, I'm just, I'm just Chad, right? But I'm hanging around these people. And the more and more I, I, I spend time with you know, a lot of the influencers that are out there that are influencing culture, that are influencing people's decisions, that are influencing people's lifestyle. I, I come to the realization that these people haven't ever really done anything um, in life. I, it's it's like it, it's almost like they're simply regurgitating information that they heard or read somewhere and. and and they don't fully understand or grasp even what even what they're sharing with their audiences. And it's really dangerous, man. It, it really is. I take the, the responsibility as a as a coach or, or a mentor or somebody that's going to be giving the public um, essentially advice on what has worked for me in life. I take that responsibility very seriously. Yeah. And, and you know. I'm not going to say something that I don't know with 100% certainty um, it is, has been proven because it, it, could, it could be detrimental if somebody takes that and then tries to put it into practice in their own life. And it's just something that I came up with off the top of my head or I'm regurgitating yeah. it somewhere with some surface level understanding of it. That's a problem, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're not all talk. Uh, we get busy. We live life. Uh, we don't have it all figured out, but that's the good part, man. We yeah. know we don't have it all figured out. So we're, we're in the trenches, you know, doing the work every single day. And when I say doing the work, I mean, we, 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 we run in these hundred mile races, a hundred plus mile races. We're, we, we're, we're forging culture within our own teams in real time, uh, and figuring out business in real time. Um, you know, it's, it's. It's that's awesome, battle, battle tested. Yeah, it's real, real stuff. I and mean, that's really what when we started uh, on ISI a couple of years ago, we were we were fortunate to be around a lot of people who had awesome wisdom, had real life experience in our five F's, you know, that we talk about. And we just said, hey, we know these people and they're they're the real deal. And we're just going to bring them to this thing and they're going to we're going to let them share their wisdom because we've been fortunate enough to receive it firsthand. So we wanted to share with other people. But anybody that you know, speaks or that we've had on the podcast are practitioners. They've, they're doing it, they're living it and they're sharing their wisdom because they've been there. They've walked the walk. It's important, man. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. And what can the listeners take away from this? I mean, I feel like this whole portion of the conversation is essentially challenging your listeners to, 
Um, if you have someone that you uh, want to be mentored by or someone that you're taking advice from, uh, take the extra time to really understand who they are, really what is their background and um, and what they have done. Right. It's, it's important to know that if you're mm-hmm. going to start looking, looking up. There's people in life that I look up to, man. I mean, we all have people that we look up to that never stops. Uh, but just understand who that person is so that you know that you're receiving good, sound wisdom. Right. Uh, and um, yeah, that credibility needs to be there. And it's on us. It's on us to determine if the, if, if the person we're looking up to is credible or not. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, speaking of credible, we we just jumped right in and I love it. And it's it's super important. I, I agree to to know, you know who is this person and, and are they, are they worthy of, you know, the advice they're giving for us that, you know, I know your background, um, but for other words that, you know, maybe haven't listened or haven't heard of you yet, I'm sure they will. Uh, can you give us just like the 30,000 foot view of Chad, you know, a little upbringing career and kind of bring us up to what you're doing now? Yeah, for sure, brother. I appreciate it. Um, so I'm Chad Wright. I was born in Northwest Georgia, kind of in the foothills of the Appalachian mountains, uh, grew up, uh, just a country, kid in the woods i love to hunt fish um be kind of i mean i was i was all over the place man um and uh decided at the age of 19 or 18 actually that i wanted to become a u.s navy seal so right after i graduated high school uh why i decided that i'm still trying to figure that out man (laughs) i mean um that's a that's a whole one hour podcast right there and uh went into the navy Shortly after I decided I wanted to uh, be a SEAL, um, which was not as easy as you expect because uh, I had to pass this little test to get a SEAL contract Mm -hmm. and I was not in very good shape because I'd never worked out before um, (laughs) on purpose in my life. So I failed the test dozens of times uh, before I finally passed it. Went into the Navy, um, got got all the way through boot camp, was diagnosed with a pericardial cyst, a seven centimeter cyst on my heart which um, which m- made me ineligible to be a SEAL ever. Wow. And uh, this was asymptomatic, so they wouldn't remove it via surgical means. And uh, they sent me back home to my little house in North Georgia that I had left uh, about four or five months earlier. Wow. And uh, I had to, I had to uh, seek out a surgeon, uh, pay for my own heart surgery, uh, which, which was a... 100% elective surgery, which was why it was hard to find a surgeon to do it. It was a rare condition. And um, they removed this, opened my chest up, removed this cyst from my heart. And uh, I was back in the Navy less than a year after surgery. Um, and uh, finally got it, got the opportunity to go to SEAL training, uh, made it all the way through with Bud's class 278 and um, spent a career in the SEAL teams, 12 years active duty, I was medically retired in 2019, and yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what leads me into where I am now. Uh, I, I do a lot of ultra running. Um, I'd say my my favorite distance to race is anything 100 miles or over, and um, I'm not going to say I'm a professional runner. Um, maybe I could be, but I mean, I would rather make my money in in other arenas than in doing the thing that i love i'm afraid that if i took on sponsorships and Mm -hmm. and 
certain prof- professional obligations revolving around running, I'm, I'm afraid it would become uh, not so much fun very quickly. And I don't want that to happen. So um, we have a company called three of seven project and essentially uh, I don't even really know what we are. Uh, We're some (laughs) kind of quasi uh, ministry slash podcast slash uh, training company. Uh, Mm -hmm. We put on events uh, well once a month in in the wilderness and, and twice a year in a, in a, um, called the proving grounds that the proving grounds is a little different than the basic course. Um, we, we put on custom trips. Um, we do speaking engagements and that's what I really love, man. I really love mm-hmm. as far as the business goes, I really love the live training events, you know, virtual stuff's all good, but you know, man, I have learned with our training events, if you suck, I'm going to tell you, you suck. And people need to hear that. And they love it, man. You know, the last mission we just ran out on uh, uh, the basic course, the last mission we ran last month, the team goes out. It's a highly performing team. They're out. This is three days in the wilderness with me. And at the end of the mission, uh, I'm assessing them this entire time. And at the end of the mission, you know, I've been trying to get them to maximize their potential for three days in this wilderness environment. And it just is not clicking with them. Mm. It just won't. It clicks with some of them. But overall, as as a unit, this is an eight person team that I that eight, you know, that I bring out here. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the mission, we're standing there and I'm giving them my parting words. And I say, you know, there's some teams that I bring out here and train that I know they have reached their maximum potential as a team. Hmm. I said, and you know, that's, that's satisfying to me as an instructor because I take this stuff very seriously. And, um, but I told this team, I said, you know, you're not one of those teams. You did not reach your maximum potential out here. And it just crushed him, man. But, but people, People are so hungry for that type of feedback because it's such a terrible marketing plan on my end for me to take you out on a mission and to train you. And then at the very end, to give you an honest assessment, which is mm-hmm. you should have and could have done better. Yeah. And it crushed these people, man. But but I guarantee you they'll be stronger because of it. Yeah. And so that's what I love about 307 Project and the training events that we do, man is is we're not worried about marketing here's the thing we're not we're not business we're not businessmen i've thought about this quite a bit and i don't mean to talk your ear off nick but no it's awesome th- this is what a businessman does a businessman has an idea for a product or a service and the businessman his first his first initial his primary thought process is going to be is this going to make money and can this be scaled or sold eventually? How much money is it going to make? Can we scale it and can it be sold? All right. That's what a traditional entrepreneur does. I have a, I have these ideas and these products where I create them. I say, you know what? This is going to change a lot of people's lives. Mm -hmm. This is going to make an awesome impact, but it can never be scaled. 
It's just barely going to pay for itself, and um, it can never be sold. And I say, we're going to do it anyways. Yeah. Because this is going to make a difference in a lot of people's lives. And so, you know, it's just a, it's a great place to be in in life, man. We live simple. We don't have to make all this freaking money. I mean, if you saw the truck I drove, you, you'd laugh at me. I mean, we live very simple, but it allows us to do really, really impactful things and, and maintain a primary focus being to change people's lives and body, soul, and spirit, man, in a real way. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, praise God we're able to do that. I love it. I mean, that's what I mean. Is it, and I, you know, I haven't been to one of the events. I w- plan to, but I can feel that authenticity. And that's one of the things I think is cool. And, you know, the, for those people coming to those retreats or coming to those events, they're in a getting raw feedback like that from you in person. You know, like you said, it's a horrible marketing thing to tell someone they suck at this and they didn't reach their full potential. But I think people are craving that authenticity that you bring. And I think it's, I'd say, just keep it up and try not, you know, I think the more you guys stay true to, you know, who you are and what you're doing, um, I think more people will follow. And it's kind of goes against, you know, maybe what the typical business plan would say to do, but I love it. So keep doing it. Yeah, man. It, well, and it goes back to something. Th- this is to, to sum all this up, Nick. This is what this is. Let me tell you what culture does. Let me let me tell you even some races that I go to. Let me tell you what they do. Let's take a race. For instance, you have a race. All right. The race is a it's, it's a certain distance. Say it's a 50 mile race. Well, there's a cutoff time mm-hmm. on that race. Right. So the cutoff time represents the standard. All right, that's the standard. You you have to complete this 50 miles within this amount of time to meet the standard. Mm-hmm. All right? Well, you know what what culture is doing is there and what businesses do they deviate from that standard. They, they, that, that standard is in flux. So basically, the race director can say, in this race example we're talking about, well, you know, there's still people out on the course that wanted to finish this race. We want to allow them to achieve the result that they wanted, hmm. which was to finish the race. So we want to give them the chance to achieve the result that they wanted. So we are going to... to make the standard easier. We're mm. going to extend this cutoff time mm. to give these people the opportunity to achieve, achieve this result. And that screws people over in the long run, man. Yeah. Look, we are not going to compromise on the standard to give you the opportunity to achieve some result that you might want that's going to make you feel good. Mm. Because That's not my primary objective is to make you feel good. This is how I live my life, man. All right. (laughs) I have standards for my life. All right. I have there. There is always a result that I would like to achieve. Mm -hmm. But I am interested in living to the standard. I'm interesting and interested in conducting missions to a standard. I'm interested in running business to a standard. And the results can fall where they may. And in the long run, if you will adhere to a good standard, the results that you get in the long run are going to be much more fulfilling 
then the result that you get or the reward that you get from deviation from the standard and making it easier. Yeah, and lowering your expectations, lowering your bar. That's it, man. That's yeah. it. And so that that's what that's that that's what we do, man. I love it. So you mentioned, you know, the company three or seven project, and you know, you mentioned it's the the body, the soul, and the spirit, right? And, yes, sir. And so, what's the the seven? Explain like the name a little bit, and for the listeners, and just kind of how you came about that name and how you approach that with all the things that you do. Yeah. So th- three is like you said, Nick, body, soul, and spirit. Seven is the biblical number for completion. You'll notice in the Bible, if anything's done seven times, um, it's it's co- totally complete, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You see it even in the uh, account of creation. Um, everything, the heavens and the earth were created in, in seven days. It was totally complete on day seven. So we talk about, you know, at all these missions that we run, um, you know, try er, er, all the content that we put out. It's it. We try to master, nourish and maintain our body, our soul, which is our mind, our will and our emotions and our spirit, which is our connection to God, our creator, Jesus. Um, if we can do, if we can be intentional every day about, you know, maintaining and nourishing those three aspects of ourselves, we will be as complete hmm. as we can possibly be as human beings. And um, that's really what the what the name means, uh, where it came from. I, I got your question in the in the notes there. Um it actually came from uh, the the genesis of three of seven came out of uh, Ezekiel chapter thirty seven, and it's interesting e- Ezekiel chapter thirty seven before you see that three of seven mm-hmm. um, before three of seven project ever existed. I was I was doing an interview with a guy. Most of you guys will probably know his name. His name's Marcus Latrell. Uh, he wrote a book called Lone Survivor. There's actually a movie a- about it. He was on Operation Red R- Red Wings, uh, former SEAL. He was the lone survivor survivor of that operation. And we take a break in the interview, and we we stop recording. Marcus is interviewing me, and uh, Marcus, you know, just I'm sitting here. Marcus just starts reading Ezekiel 37. Um, and he reads it all the way through, uh, all the way through to, I guess, chapter or, or verse 10. And it's just it, totally random. And I'm looking at this guy like, what the crap, man? What are you, what are you <laughs> doing? Like, are you, are you crazy? And you know, Marcus is, he's, he's, he's a unique dude, man. Um, and shortly after that, we, created three of seven project, the name, the concept of it. Um, wow. And, you know, if you read Ezekiel 37, it talks about, you know, the dry bones. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I started to look around me in culture and in society and you look at the masses uh, of people and, and essentially they're just a bag of dry bones, man. Hmm. They have no life in them. They have no purpose. They're like Autobots, like just, just, just going through the motions. Just going, and I'm like, you know, Ezekiel 37 says, uh, 
you know, I will lay sinews upon you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. And I thought, you know, this is what our mission should be is to to use the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to, you know, help people find this this completeness and this fulfillment mm-hmm. in life and, and put some flesh on those dry bones, man. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's the genesis of it. And it was just interesting that, you know, the numbers lined up and, and you know, Marcus read that randomly. Now, whether you want to say he was being prophetic or, uh, and, or, and, he or just, yeah. and he just pulled it up like he didn't he didn't there was a prompt there at all he just paused and and went to that chapter yes man yeah <laughs> I, I mean it, it's it that what i'm saying is it was really weird wow. yeah it, it was totally random um wow. it was it was kind of off camera uh after you know we were taking a break or whatever yeah and, yeah um, wow three or seven project wasn't even a thing man i mean what it wasn't even an idea I love it. Well, and, and, you know, the whole idea of, you know, the soul, the mind, the will, the emotion, the spirit being God and the body. I mean, that's to me when you say, I really don't know what we are. Are we a company, a ministry? I mean, I, I think it's all those things. And I think you're tying everything you do. You can see the intentionality lined up with each of those. So I love it. Um, you know, hats off to you. We want to support, you know, anybody that's listening, a part of the ISI community. That's really what we're here. You know, guys are coming, women are coming here, couples are coming. Uh, to do that same thing. And really, you know, our, our challenge is to people to to not compartmentalize their faith uh, to just one little bucket that they do at a certain time here and there, like, you know, Sunday, you know, whatever, 9 to 1030 when they go to church or something. But how can you integrate it into what you do? How can you integrate it into your training, into your relationships with your wife and your kids? And how yeah. can you integrate it into your, you know, what you eat and what you do for work? You know, those, that's it. And, and how you manage your money. And so, you know, curious for you, was your, you know, was your faith always uh, a part of your life and was it part of life, you know, when you're in the SEAL teams or was it something that matured later on? No. Yes, yeah, definitely something that matured later on. I didn't get saved till 2012, I guess. And, um, mm. you know, uh, so I had spent quite a bit of time in the teams uh, without, you know, really any. I, I figured when I was in the teams, I figured that if there was a God. Uh, he would honor me, and if I got killed, he would he would give me a place in uh, eter- he would give me a place in eternity, whatever that looked like, because I because I was spending my life uh, basically exterminating evil. Mm. I I thought that justified me the fact that I was going into these places in order to combat evil forces on Earth. Um, you know, I thought that justified me. And so that was my understanding of God. And I got saved in 2012 because I was living in this building uh, overseas that was possessed or, or, or infested by a demon. And it freaked me out. And um, so after that, uh, I man, I've been sold out on Jesus ever since then. And it, it is the the is and has been the primary focus of of everything about me and my life uh, it all goes back to yeah i mean in my running man like yeah ultimately why do i freaking run man it, it's it's to it's to glorify jesus and to it's it's a great opportunity to show people mm-hmm. like 
this is what like you don't have to lay down and be a pacifist as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go out and get after it, man. And um, yeah, it, it it it's the driving force behind everything that I do. The the Jesus part of I guess I, of my mission in life, the spiritual aspect of it is what drives me. Mm-hmm. If it was just the money, I would have quit a long time ago. Yeah. But every time it's like, every time I get tired, I'm like, you know what? I'm making, we're making an eternal impact here. Like, like I get to baptize people all the time and lead them to Christ. And, Hmm. and I'm like, I can't stop doing this. (laughs) I can't stop. Yeah. feels like your purpose, your mission. Yeah. Well, I mean, woe is me if I stop. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I can stop. But when I stand before that that great white th- throne and God is sitting on that throne and the books are opened and it, what what it's going to be bad if he says Chad I gave you this knowledge of me of my gospel I gave you this understanding hmm. of me and my gospel and you decided to stop sharing that man I can't stop, man. That's awesome. That's really cool, man. There's a I mean, that's probably a whole another podcast learning about your experience, you know, in 2012. But uh, <laughs> in the sake of time, we will maybe I'll get that firsthand from you one day. Yeah, brother. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was a wild, wild time. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things I I admire uh, is just the adversity that you're able to overcome. Um, you know, recently the mid-state mile, how many, how many hours was that race? How many miles was that race that you recently won? The mid-state mile, I ran for 38 hours straight, uh, 121 or maybe 122.1 miles. Um, with, uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, that's not that impressive. The impressive part is the, the elevation gain and loss over the course of that, uh, 122 miles. I climbed 37,300, no, 37,700 feet mm-hmm. and also descended 37,700 feet. Just to give you a little context, Everest is 29,029 feet oh from sea level to the to the top of the highest point on earth. So we 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 uh, exceeded that by what about 8,000 feet or something? That's unbelievable. Yeah, and you know just the the mental discipline, the physical discipline uh, you know, you have these, all these mantras and I have your shirt on right now, the one you know, don't die in the chair. And, um, that's awesome, brother. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're I'm a apparel guy and I love it. And it's funny how many questions I get when I put it on. Cause like, what's up with that skull and what's, what does that mean? So it drives, it drives good conversation, which is a good thing. Awesome. But you, you have all these mantras are these, you know, you have a bunch of them, but you know, when you're going through a race like that, are, are these ring through your head? Are you, do you, is this like your bank that you go to? You know, when you're in that grind of 38 hours, 122 miles, or just having a tough day with whatever, like, do you use these, you know, mantras or do you have verses that you go to? How do you, how do you stay in that zone, that mental tough zone? Yeah, um, I, I definitely use these mantras, but it's, it's, um, it's a very unique relationship I have with these mantras, whether it's, you know, don't give your pain a voice, don't die in the chair, uh, be hard when it gets hard. Um, all this stuff. It, so I don't have to go to those mantras hmm. uh, necessarily. I use them, 
but I don't have to go to them because they are simply who I am. Hmm. They're, they're always there. Um, it, it, if that makes any sense, it's yeah. like they yeah. make up the fibers of me, of my being. So <clears throat> it's not like I have to recall them. Um, and, and for me, that's really the way I treat scripture too. Uh, I don't really have verses that I go to. Um, you, you know, it's really, it's really interesting. You know, I see a lot of, I get to train a lot of people. I get to be around a lot of people in really hard environments, mm-hmm. uh, in, in ultra running. And, you know, you will see people out there that will have maybe some flashcards or maybe some index cards or something that they're that they're carrying around with them. And like out of the mid-state mile, you would see it. Somebody would have a little flashcard and and each lap they would have a different flashcard and maybe it would have a scripture on it or or, or some quote or something that motivated them for that lap. Mm-hmm. And and to be quite honest with you, I look at those people and and I the reality is they're amateurs. Hmm. Um and that maybe that's okay, but the fact of the matter is this stuff, scripture and mindset, you have to get to a place where it just simply is who you are. Um, you know, it was interesting at the Mid-State Mile, I've never told this story before, but when it got down to just me and two other guys, one of the other guys, he was in a tent beside me, and um, he was a strong Christian dude, and he's got his crew there with him, mm-hmm. and I'm in the tent right beside him, and I have my crew there with me. Well, every time this other guy would come in off a loop, his crew would all gather around him and and put hands on him and, and pray for him and, and pray for his strength and quote scripture, and you know he was receiving all that, and it, that's a beautiful picture there. Um but we wouldn't do that. So when I would come into my tent, it was business. Yeah. We would sit down, I would eat, drink, boom, I was up, ready to go. And the race director at some point came over to our tent and said, uh, asked my crew chief and my brother, Blake Wright, said, uh, you know, I noticed over here in this guy's tent, you know, they're, they're really, you know, praying and rallying around. And he's like, you guys aren't doing that. Hmm. And the reason is, is because this, this is just who we are. It's in you. We, yeah. yes, it, it's in us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, well, it's, I know it, some people will be confused about this dynamic. I, I'm just, I'm just saying it, it's a, well, it's different. No, I, I think, uh, you know, to, I think about that a lot. It's there's like the whole, I think I feel I am, you know, and when you say, you know, I am, you know, when people say I play golf, for example, but if you say I'm a golfer, like you are embodying that thing, that's who you are. It's part of who you are. You know, I don't run, I'm a runner. Um, those kind of things. And I think that that could be said for those mantras. That's just, that's just who I am. That's part of me. I don't have to like be inspired by it because it's already installed. It's fact, you know, it's installed, it's downloaded. That's it, it's, man. It, it's, it's working its way through my bloodstream every day. I love that. I don't know if that's how I would interpret it. That's great. Yeah, you said it a lot better than, than I said it for sure. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really hard because, you know, as I explain this dynamic to people that, that may not 
live the same life as me, mm-hmm. it, it can sound kind of cocky or, or confusing or, or, you know, like, like, um, I'm just being real with you, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm that's, that's all I'm doing. You know, one of the questions I had for you was, you know, just with iron sharpens iron, one of the, one of the ways that we help people is just the concept of staying sharp of what do you, you know, and we do these retreats, we do them a couple of times a year. And, uh, sometimes people come once a year, sometimes they come a couple of times a year, but it's the, it's a chance to get away to, um, connect with other people that are like-minded to, you know, get some ideas some wisdom and to retreat from their normal routines and then come away sharper and better than they were. So I was just curious for you, you know, as a practitioner, um, you know, what are your, what are your habits or rhythms or routines that you have to, to, you know, be the best version of yourself? Yeah, that's a great question, brother. Well, for me, uh, every morning I make, I make sure that I spend some time in scripture or prayer and, um, that's keeping, you know, my spirit sharp. Um, every day I make sure that I train, uh, in some, former fashion mm-hmm. physical training uh and it's usually fa- a fairly difficult training session that's keeping my body and my soul sharp and um also you know i'm surrounded by some of the most powerful women and mm-hmm. men on earth in my opinion and uh they also they have full permission to call me out um to hold me accountable um you know, and, and that keeps me sharp too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I've got, dude, I, I'm so blessed. I, I told, I was out with my team yesterday, you know, uh, the few men that are in my inner circle. And I said, you know, guys, there's no reason. I see no reason why we couldn't completely take over the world if we mm-hmm. wanted to. But that's the way I feel about the men that are mm-hmm. in my life and the women too. Um, so being surrounded by them, man, keeps me extremely sharp. Uh, obviously, you know, I don't eat junk food. Um, you know, I, I, I try to eat clean. I try to live clean and, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's part, it's part me having some structure and discipline. If you Mm want to say, I hate the word discipline, but, um, in my own life personally, and then it's part me, uh, keeping myself in fellowship with the right people mm-hmm. and giving them full permission to uh to to freaking hammer me if i get out, you out yeah that's awesome and is that a group that you you know selected it just kind of came you know accidentally how do you it seems like you're very selective about who you spend time with yeah you know right now currently um you know uh i'm gonna say my brother he's my business partner blake uh obviously he's in my life because he's my brother. Um, our, our other primary teammate is Noah Cochran. Uh, Noah and I had raced against each other a couple times in ultra running. And that's how we met, um, some other men, uh, Nathan Hicks and James Ward. They're in the, uh, they're in the outdoor, uh, wilderness environment. They're professionals in that environment. So yes, I, I'm meeting these people, uh, simply by putting myself mm-hmm. in, in in these arenas where you know the best of the best will generally congregate, and um, and you know that's how that's how I've, I've met the people that are in my inner circle mm-hmm. now. It t- definitely takes effort. They're not just going to fall into your mm-hmm. lap as you sit home on your you know 
YouTube or social media and you're not getting out and living life. You got to get out and live life, man. The God's word says, ask, seek, and knock. Hmm. All three of those things imply you taking Hmm. action. Love it. Well, you're doing amazing things, you know, on the training front in these races with three of seven. I'm curious what the, what the next couple of years, what do you anticipate for yourself and three of seven? You know, that's a really tough uh, question for me because it's uh, I don't even know how we got to where we are now. It's like I, I have no playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really have no projections per se. Um, you know, obviously in a real sense, I, I right now, business wise, what I'm going through is um, I need a product. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to. I have ideas. I'm trying to decide which of which product I want to release as like, you know, an, another aspect of business because the the live training missions uh it's what I love, but again, it can't be scaled. Mm-hmm. So, it can only bring in a certain amount uh, it, the 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 finance, the revenue that it can generate is very mm-hmm. limited, and I need to make more money so that I can bring more people on the mm-hmm. team and 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 make the impact and grow the impact and mm-hmm. the reach. And so that's what I'm currently going through right now is trying to come up with this product idea, something that can um, that's not limited as far as the 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 income that it can generate so that I can afford to bring, you know, another two, three, four guys and girls on the team Mm -hmm. here as instructors, as trainers, as people making that real and intimate impact and pay them full time. So, you know, that I I guess for the foreseeable future, um, that's kind that would kind of be a goal of mine, you know, is, uh, you know, within five years have, you know, 10, 10 plus employees Mm -hmm. that are all trained up uh, as instructors, as leaders and, and being able to kind of expand that reach and that impact, not, not necessarily scale it, but expand Mm -hmm. it and make it, make it better. No doubt that you guys keep doing what you're doing, being authentic. You're just going to, people are going to be magnetized towards you. You're going to, the right people are going to show up. And like you said, those, those products that can, sell while you're sleeping, uh, that are helping people and that are all true to the three to seven mission. Um, those, it'd be fun to see how all that comes together. I've no doubt it will. I appreciate that brother. And yeah, for the listeners, you know, um, just, you know, we talk a lot about mindset. We talk a lot about, and and in this conversation, we've talked a lot about being, uh, having pure intentions around your, your brand and your business. and, And what are you actually striving to do, which is make impact and, and change people's lives. Well, that doesn't mean that you can, that doesn't mean that I can escape reality. Mm -hmm. Like the reality for me is that if, if we want to maximize the impact, we have got to make money some way. And the more money that we make, the bigger the impact can be. And that's just the reality that, that we're, you know, discussing and trying to figure out right now. uh, I'm a, somewhat of a Dave Ramsey fan. And he has a saying, you know, where there's no margin, there's no ministry. And it's true. You need, yeah, to, you need 
need to have it. So that's awesome. Well, I'll keep buying shirts and I'll attend some events. I'll do my part and be, uh, you know, help you guys along the way. So man, I I would be really honored to to be able to go out on a mission with you one day and train with you and even learn from you, man. I learn as much Mm -hmm. from, from my students and, and the people that come out to every mission. I learn as much from them. And that's another, you asked me what keeps Mm -hmm. me sharp. That's another thing that keeps me sharp is being a Mm -hmm. teacher. Um, if you, if you are intentional about becoming a teacher and sharing your knowledge, it will keep you sharp because you're going to run into people, situations, scenarios, and questions. And that, that you, you don't know the answer to them and you got, you've got to think through it and you've got to seek out the Mm -hmm. answer because you're the teacher, right? Um, and that really helps keep me sharp. No doubt. Yeah. When you, when you're the one presenting, it's a whole different gear that you got to find. So I totally agree. That's it, brother. Well, I, uh, I love, love this conversation. Um, I think everybody will enjoy it and, you know, get me a chance to know you and, and learn from you and what, you know, what you shared today as we kind of wrap up just a couple of closing questions for you. I'm curious what, what brings you joy, Chad? Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, I have to say running, uh, running is a big part mm-hmm. of it. Uh, fitness in general, you know, I mean, I, as a, as a seal, uh, you know, just to be totally honest with you living that life, man, uh, it, it my mind is different is, is a little bit warped. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a bad way. It's just, if you looked at my mind, up against, you know, somebody else's, the, you know, it's, it's just a little different. It's not any better or worse. And now living in this, um, domestic world, uh, society, civilized world, the processes of it, of just day to day in, in regular life are so much more complex and so much, uh, it can be frustrating than hmm. living the life of a warrior. And so running, running is really helps me escape from the pressure that I feel as I now have to acclimate to this more domestic lifestyle. And so running brings me a lot of joy. Hmm. It brings, it gives me a place to go to think through things and to, decompress and and um you know i'd say that's the number one on my list i guess that's good i love it what about a uh a life verse is there one that maybe right now is you know front and center for you or one that's been with you since you know 2012 yeah i mean as far as a bible verse goes the one that always is front and center in my mind is uh whom the sun sets free is free indeed um, you know, that's speaking of Jesus, whom Jesus sets free is free indeed. And, you know, Jesus Christ, when I got saved, he literally set me free from bondage of, of just sin and, and hatred and anger. Mm-hmm. And he set me free from so many things throughout the course of my uh, now, you know, life um, at following him. And uh, I don't know, that just stands out to me, man, because... I think that's what a lot of people are seeking now is freedom from whatever it is, anxiety, depression, um, stress, strain, 
sin, a hidden sin, whatever it is. And there is freedom in Christ, Mm. man. And if you know, it's there. I appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity to uh, to share with your audience today, Nick, and uh, hope to meet you in person one day. And uh, yeah, if you don't mind, I'll pray for pray for us, and and uh, we'll we'll move we'll we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. So, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the time that you've given me and Nick here today. Um, I thank you for Nick's platform and for. Uh, our platform here at 307 Project uh, so that we can share your gospel, Lord Jesus. Um, We just uh, acknowledge the fact that it's all yours and it's not ours. And we pray that you'd continue to give us uh, strength, uh, understanding, knowledge, and uh, wisdom uh, in order to serve you most effectively and most efficiently. Um, We pray that we would honor you through all that we do, Lord Jesus. We thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. And uh, Lord Jesus, we just uh, we pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on this earth and in our lives uh, as it is in heaven. Jesus Christ, we pray all these things in your mighty name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. Chad's one of those guys that, man, we could talk to for hours and hours on end. But uh, it was great to get inspired. Hopefully you got a nugget or two. And I just want to touch on a few things I personally took away from the conversation. Number one was just how authentic and real he is and how he's weaving in uh, his faith into everything he does, into his training and his mindset, into his relationships. And that's just super cool how he does that. Uh, Another thing is he has all these awesome mantras, you know, things that he does that he thinks about. And uh, those are really powerful, each and of their own. You know, be hard when it gets hard. Don't die in the chair. Don't give your pain a voice. Easy day. Uh, The furnace of adversity. I mean, I love all those. And I love that he says he doesn't have to call upon them. They're installed. They're just part of who he is. He doesn't need to access them. They're just who he is. They're just part of his his being. And I think that's really cool. It's an, uh, it's an inspiring way to think about uh, some of these things that we are motivated by and aspired to be. Uh, so last but not least, just check him out. You know, we really didn't touch on it, but just 3of7project.com is a place if you want to learn more about Chad, the events he's putting on. Uh, some of his things that he's put out there that you may find helpful. Uh, Everything can be hosted at 307project.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay sharp. And I would encourage you to to sharpen others by sharing this podcast, you know, inviting, uh, attending a retreat, and becoming the best version of yourself. So until then, stay sharp, everybody.